We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is October 30th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, just before we started recording, I mentioned, you know, the the night before Halloween. You know, it's supposed to be a mischief night. Did you ever uh, partake in any any mischief night as a kid? I, I honestly didn't know it was mischief night until never you just heard told of that. me. Mm-mm. Wow. No, yeah. Never, like, never once heard of it. And um, obviously, talking about Halloween... Do you, are you like, does your family dress up like you and Carmen are like, you know, Mario and Luigi or Mario and Peach and then your kids are like Yoshi and Wario or something? No, I don't. I don't hate on people that, that do that. I have never done that. I'm not saying that I will never, but I haven't yet. I think with Aiden, as he gets older and he starts to become like interested in things that I'm interested in will help a little bit. You mean well, like, if he's interested in anime, you guys will both dress up as anime characters? Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. Avery is is going to be Rapunzel. Am I going to be the dude from Rapunzel? Probably not happening. Yeah. Amelia is going as a dinosaur. I guess I could be a dinosaur as well, <laughs> but just not on the the docket for me this year. What about you? I don't think that I am going. It's so a lot of my rules is like for things that I don't necessarily want to do, I won't do until Harper literally asks me. So one of them is dressing up for Halloween. I don't plan on doing that on the night of Halloween unless she's like, daddy, will you dress up? Uh, whatever, right? Like whatever it is. Now, the other thing that other part of this comes to is I don't plan on getting a dog until my kids can ask me can I, can we get a dog and actually understand, right? Like whatever, when they are five, six, seven, eight years old, if then Harper asked me, I'm like, maybe sure. But, and if she's persistent, yeah, we'll probably end up getting one. But right now, just not something I want at any point in this life, to be honest with you, because they're just, it's another kid. I don't want to have to worry about where I'm boarding this dog, all that kind of stuff. So those are the two things that like, until Harper asks me or Cole asks me to do those things, I'm not going to do them. Fair enough. We have uh, right now. We're lucky enough that my mom lives with us, and she's fantastic. We have like a live-in babysitter. Carmen and I want to go do something. The two of us, like usually, my mom is here with the kids, and she's wonderful. But she does have her own dog here, and mm. uh, it's a Cairn Terrier mix. We've learned, and that is how I sort of get a- away from like, oh, can we have a dog? It's like we have a dog. It's not my dog. It's my mom's dog. She mostly takes care of the dog. But at some point, every kid gets that like I want a puppy, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and that's that's what my wife and I have talked about. Like we have two cats right now. When these cats are gone, like God bless them. Hopefully, they're around for a long time. When they are no longer around, not going to be super eager to get another cat or another animal. That being said, kids come around. Oh, I want a puppy. Blah, blah blah. Like then I will. I'll think about it a little bit. But for now, I'm I'm right there where you are. I've got a cat right now. This is the last thing, and then we'll, I promise we'll talk about magic basketball in some capacity. I have a cat, not fond of, 
Okay. I'm aware. Unlike you, I'm not wishing a ton of years on my cat. Poor Hazel. Yeah, poor Hazel. Um, Don't shout out Hazel. So I'm not like... My kids can ask me for a dog and I'll probably oblige. My kids ask me for a cat. We're not doing it. I don't care. I don't care how eloquently they can ask me for a cat. I'm not doing it. So that's where I that's where I stand. I just wanted to clear it up. I appreciate that. Folks, don't forget this year after every Magic game, immediately on our YouTube, we are doing the post game live uh, presented by Rockham. Our boy producer, Kevin, been doing a great job with those. Make sure you guys are tuning in. And if you missed our latest episode of the Six Fan Show, go ahead, check that out on our YouTube if you missed that and wanted to be a part of the last one, we have another one coming up on November the 6th. That is a Monday when the Magic will play the Dallas Mavericks at home. So if you're going to be at that game on your way out of Amway, look for our boy Ben there right out on Church Street. He'll have the camera, the microphone, the lights. You'll bring the action. So make sure that you, uh, if you want to be a part of the Six Fan Show, you find Ben. Again, that's going to be against the Mavericks on November 6th. Luke, a little bit of magic adjacent or maybe magic parallel news. It's pretty close to magic news. The Osceola Magic uh, today, uh, Sunday, as we're recording this, they announced their training camp roster right now. 16 guys on their training camp roster. A few guys that stood out to me that a couple of these guys we were hoping were going to play for Osceola. Got to see them either in summer league uh, or during training camp and preseason this year. A few names stuck out. Obviously, our guy, Trevor and Queen, uh, Mac McClung, Daquan Plowden, Brandon Williams, Mie Oni, and DJ Wilson. That's a lot of talent on this Osceola Magic team. Now that the team is closer, you know, they're going to be playing, I think, in Heritage Park. Is it? I, I could have that mistaken. They're uh, going to be playing in Kissimmee. These guys are not going to be very far from where you guys are at. So if you're in town, Magic have the night off, or Magic are playing an away game on the West Coast. You can go over, catch the Osceola Magic game. They should be really talented. They should be really good. And having guys like Trevlin Queen, Mac McClung, Brandon Williams, a lot of talent on that roster. I think Osceola has a chance to be really good this year, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, that's a loaded roster for sure. And uh, hopefully they can get a lot of reps in Osceola, meaning we don't have to see them play in a Magic uniform too much this year because our team is going to stay healthy. And they are playing in Heritage Park. I feel pretty good about uh, remembering that correctly. Not super familiar with the area. As uh, some of our listeners know, we're not super local. We're sort of local, but not super local. <laughs> so I'm proud of myself for remembering that. And now, Luke, it has been a long, almost seven months without this segment on the show. But this is the return of the weekly State of the Magic. So if you're new to our show, uh, every week on our Monday show, Luke and I go through the weekly state of the magic where we tell you how they're doing in a particular week uh, and how they like stand up against the rest of the league in terms of some of their statistics and their record. And we always update as the season goes on where the magic are in the playoff picture. So this week, the magic went 2-0, baby, uh, with wins over Houston and Portland, bringing their record uh, to 2-0. They currently sit atop of the Eastern Conference. And no, that is not exaggeration you go to espn right now you go to standings magic are number one in the eastern conference there one of only three teams still undefeated in the eastern conference right now the magic are ninth in the nba in offensive rating with a 113.5 offensive rating if you're not familiar with these ratings folks as i go through these like offensive rating is how many points per 100 possessions do the magic score Defensive rating is how many points per 100 possessions do the Magic's opponent score? And then their overall net rating is like the point differential per 100 possessions. So the Magic are ninth in the NBA in offensive rating with a 113.5. They are third in the association in defensive rating with a 95.8. They are first in net rating with a 17.7. Luke, I've been posting this. Don't look now. The Magic are the, the best net rating team in the entire league. The Magic are the best team in the NBA through two games. Now, obviously, there is a lot of context, a lot of nuance missing here. We don't Walk us through context. that. Why Why are we not, or do you want to, it sounds like you want to overreact to this. I, I'm okay with overreacting. I was jokingly saying, you know, we don't need to add context. We don't need to talk about that we probably played the, the two worst teams in the West to this point. And we'll see as we continue to collect data. 
playing against the Lakers and the Clippers and the Jazz and the Lakers again this week, then we can we can really, without being tongue in cheek about it, talk about the Magic's net rating if we are still one of the top in the league. Because I think at that point you can put some stock into it. This week is is kind of the the prove it week for the Magic, in my opinion. Well, I think it's obviously heavily skewed by the thirty point win at home on opening night. You know, it's it was a what was it a, a five point victory yeah. against the Portland Trailblazers. So really skewed by that. It's too small of a sample size to get super excited. Or if you're looking at some of the maybe let's say red flags that we saw against the Portland Trailblazers, it's even too early to call them red flags. We'll talk about the Portland game in, in a lot of detail. There were things that the Magic did really well. There are things that the Magic didn't do so well that you're like, hmm, like that's kind of interesting. Probably not a, a great sign. But again, can't really overreact to the first game. You don't want to overreact to the second game either. Well, Luke, apart from the Magic, is there anything like around the league so far that has really stuck out to you in week one? I think there are now, I think it's like seven teams that are, are still undefeated. Again, way too early to, to overreact or you know get too high, get too low on any given team. But is there anything that, that jumped out to you in the first week of the season here? Yeah, I think the Grizzlies stink. I think they're really bad. And I think the Bulls are not good either. Uh, if The reason I talk about the Grizzlies is, to this point, they're 0-3. No job. Right. But no Steven Adams 25 is, is total toast games. for the year. Steven Adams... Still, they are worse than I than I thought that they would be. Even still, because we also, you know, last year all we heard was how good this team was without Jaw. But now you've got the context of okay, there's no Stephen Adams, like you said. They lose, you know, Dylan Brooks as much as whatever your opinion is. He still was a part of that team that is a better player than who X player they have to use now as a result. But they played against the Wizards uh, yesterday. I watched that game. And it was it was the worst basketball I've seen since summer league. I tweeted about this, but like, it was awful. And the the the, the Wizards or the Grizzlies had like it was like sixteen or eighteen turnovers or something. All of them were terrible. Like there wasn't like a whole lot of benefit of the doubt. They were just were literally dribbling it off their leg, not catching the ball, going out of bounds. They looked very dysfunctional. Zach Levine, what did he score? Fifty one in that game yesterday and the bulls still end up losing that game. So for me, it's more so the teams that have looked bad. I think that's too early to overreact to teams that are maybe on a burner to start the year. We saw it with what the jazz last year, they started it red hot and then they cooled off because 82 games is a much better sample size than, you know, 41, 42, half the season, whatever it was when they were killing everybody. So I tend to look at teams that just are underperforming and to me those are two of them that are underperforming zach levine scoring 51 and losing to the pistons by 16 just isn't a good look and outlook for that team my not like overreaction but like a takeaway for me from the first week is like the pacers might be good kill the wizards by 23 points then beat the Cavs, and i don't think it's a really a an overreaction because they were good last year until Tyrese Halliburton went down. I think they were like the sixth seed in the East. And then the bottom just fell out of that team when Tyrese Halliburton uh, went out. And now, you know, you got Ben Matherin another year, add Jairus Walker, Tyrese Halliburton coming off of like looking really strong for Team USA, probably going to be an all-star again. Like he had a, a stretch, uh, I think it was last night against the Cavs. And he was getting into it with a fan, and and you know they 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 were uh, you know pulling away in that game. And he looks at the the fan. He's like, "You did this. This is your fault." And I don't know why. I just found that to be like one of the funniest things that I've seen um, from any player in in quite a while. So Indiana legitimately might be good, and like the Denver Nuggets, yeah, I I just think they're, they're gonna crazy. run it back. I they're, they're just crazy, great, man. And uh, yeah, I just I I think those guys are gonna be right there uh, at the end of the year with with a chance to win it all. But two games of Magic Basketball, it's been really, really fun. Second game wasn't quite as fun, but being on the road, it's never easy to win on the road. And in years past, in a game like this, which we'll talk you know, in more detail about in a couple of minutes here, but in years past, this is a game that the Magic very much lose the game, where you yep. have a sizable lead in the fourth quarter, 
all of a sudden the the other team makes a, a late run and the magic just collapse but they didn't do that and proud of them for doing that can say it's against portland who you know who should be one of the worst teams in the west and potentially one of the worst teams in the league this year but a lot of people are are underrating the magic still and getting a win out west two games to start the year first game of the road trip get a little bit of confidence with some you know questionable decision making again which we'll we'll talk about here but yeah just really happy that the magic got the win to start the year in uh well the first road win of the year I should say Luke let's talk really quickly about our wonderful patrons the folks that help support the show help make each and every episode possible if you're interested in at all in supporting the show and uh, being a part of what we're doing here, being a part of our awesome community, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, uh, where for as little as just $2 a month, you can help support the show and just uh, help us keep doing what we're doing here. Part of the benefits for our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons, we give them a special shout out each and every episode. I'll go ahead and start with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Palon Francis Warm, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, PB in the Mix, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Descent for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahan 177, Bobby the Don, Himlo, Ban Himro, R Improv 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Casey Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, and the return of our guy, The Distract. Welcome back to the Patreon, buddy. Really appreciate uh, your support. It means a lot that you came back, man. So thanks so much. And again, thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Luke, thinking back to last Wednesday, opening night, one of the most fun, arguably the most stretch, like the most fun stretch of that game was when Jonathan Isaac is going crazy, right? Has a couple of layups, has a sick block on Jalen Green, has a tip back dunk, really got Amway energized in a way that I have not felt in some time. And for that reason, Luke, that one-handed tip slam and one with 45 seconds left in the third quarter of uh, Wednesday's game against the Houston Rockets is this week's Jam of the Week, sponsored by and presented by Jam Hot Chicken. Mo Wagner shoots the three from the quarter. It's no good. Isaac comes flying in. Got a little help from uh, Dylan Brooks with a little push in the back there. Uh, grabs it with the right hand, slams it down, and one makes the free throw. Place goes absolutely crazy. We had some other candidates, Jalen Suggs, coast-to-coast dunk with 849 left in the first against Portland. He was off to a red-hot start in that game. And then Mo Wagner against Portland, just coming down the lane, attacks and rocks the rim with the right hand, 225 left in the first. But that Jonathan Isaac dunk, just for 
what it meant in that game, what it means for him and the reaction of the crowd, that stretch like really helped put the game away for the Magic. That had to be this week's uh, Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. Yeah, like you said, a lot of good candidates in, in this week in general. I With the way the first quarter, first half went for the Magic against Portland, it was basically a slam dunk contest at one point. Palo got a great dunk in there as well. I'm very surprised that there there wasn't ended ending up, you know, something that happened from that Portland game that trumped the JI stuff, but like JI as a whole man just so happy for him. There's a lot of context to that and him being a, our jam of the week as well, just his return and and how much he exceeded expectation on opening night. Super happy for him, happy to have him on our team. Now, Jonathan, that leads us into that is jam hot chicken jam of the week. Jam Hot Chicken, bringing jams, culture, and hot chicken to the heart of Winter Park. As you've heard us talk about, they're located at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. And you can find them at Jam Hot Chicken on all social media. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. I was there again this past week. Opening night, ran into another listener. I tried to tell Andrew, like, I know you guys are sponsoring the pod. I'm not out here telling people, hey, I'm on my way to Jam Hot. Meet me there so that I look good. <laughs> That's not listeners. the case. But um, yeah, really, really great place. Make sure that you guys check it out. The Blazers game on Friday. So we had the home opener. It was fantastic. Magic could not rest on their laurels whatsoever. Just right out to the West Coast for this four-game road trip. First game of the road trip at Portland. Luke, I did not miss these 10 o'clock start times on the West Coast like we're getting this this week here used to getting that like you know sometime in december maybe like early january so i've had some time to like get used to the flow of things back in the the schedule of magic basketball this just like right off the rip is not cool everybody we keep hearing this stat like this is the earliest the magic have ever gone on a on a west coast road trip like no duh it is literally not possible for to start the year with a, a west coast road trip earlier than we are now you're not going to give a team, you know, three or four games on the road to start the year. You got to get a home game in there. So we will probably never see this ever again for a, a very long time. That being said, Luke, this game, we got the win. It was fun. It, it's 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 an impossible act to follow up that home opener. Like nothing was ever going to be great unless we had another 30-point blowout, which at points this game sort of seemed like it was going in that direction, but let's talk about it. The beginning of the game, uh, Jalen Suggs in particular really got the Magic off to a good start. In the first quarter, he had seven points, two rebounds, two assists, three steals, was absolutely on fire. However, in the first half, when we would go to the second unit, the entire second unit had a negative plus minus in the first half. In the first and the second quarters, really struggled with like guys like Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Shaden Sharp. Uh, when Mo Wagner came in, really struggled with uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton in the in the first half. Uh, when the starters return to end the first half, they go on a nice little run. Magic are up eight at halftime. Fast forward to the fourth again. We're talking about you know starters playing really well, second unit coming in, not playing all that great. Well, second unit comes in again, not not giving the game away, but not you know playing particularly well. Franz comes back into the game, however, starts playing with that second unit, and Franz and Mo Wagner really just turn it up. Franz hits a three with 535 left in this game to give the Magic a 13-point, 97-84 lead, and I'm starting to feel pretty good at this point, right? I'm like, okay, get a couple of stops, get a few more baskets, get this lead to you know 17-18, and this game is going to be over. However, both teams went scoreless for the next two minutes and 40 seconds here, Nobody scored until the Blazers scored uh, with two minutes, 55 seconds to go. Portland cuts the lead to five with one minute left. And then a huge Jalen Suggs block on Shade and Sharp with 22 seconds left essentially seals the game. Magic win 102 to 97. And this lineup here, Cole, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, Mo Wagner, really went on a nice run here in the fourth quarter. But it seemed like those guys sort of started to run out of gas a bit. Wendell Carter Jr. comes back into the game with a minute 33 seconds left. We don't see Markell at all in that fourth quarter. And although that that lineup, again, Cole, Jalen, Franz, Paolo, and Mo had some really nice minutes, it kind of became evident towards the end of this game, towards the end of the fourth quarter. Some of those guys were running out of gas, and it really 
just wasn't quite working as well late, like later into the game. And then we also didn't see, you know, Markel here. So he, with 308 left in the third, Markel hits a baseline jumper, right? I think it was Shaden Sharp was on him, runs back to the other end. I went back and watched the entire third quarter, like looking for this instance because a lot of people were talking after the game. Did Markel hurt his hand? Was he not in the game? Because we all remember for this split second, Markel is holding his left hand at the other end. Cole commits a foul. Portland has a couple of free throws. As soon as the Magic get the ball back, Cole brings the ball up the floor. You see Markel pointing to the bench as if he's calling for a timeout. Now, at this point, he's played nine straight minutes. So it's not unrealistic just to think that maybe he's gassed and needs to come out of the game. But the fact that he did not return at all in that fourth quarter was really interesting, Luke. What were your thoughts on this game? What were your thoughts on that you know, closing lineup and, and really the absence of Wendell and Markel for the majority of the fourth? I think it's, it's really hard to ignore, obviously, Markel not playing the entire fourth. To that point, Jonathan, he is a plus 11. He's eight, he had eight points, six assists, one turnover, um, four of eight from the field. He wasn't crazy inefficient or anything like that. O of two from three, which I want to say he took both threes in the first half, missed them both, didn't, didn't take any in the third quarter. So it just didn't seem like there was a real reason unless Mosley just wanted to put an emphasis on on having more scoring option in there with Cole Anthony. But you could argue with the way that Markel Fultz sets guys up with a six assist that game that he still provides a way to score because he's finding the open man and making the right read, only one turnover. So that was super interesting to me. I really refuse to believe that this comes from Markel Fultz, like a coaching decision. Markel Fultz, like you said, signals for the timeout. I think he's hurt at that point. Now, the good news is he's not on the injury report at all heading into this week. But it still was concerning in that game. If you were a fan, you had a right to be concerned why Markel Fultz, who is a constant on this team when it comes to winning plays, the record, the win-loss record. We've talked about how much Fultz impacts that. You want him in there down the stretch. And he wasn't playing bad in this game. So he's not going to lose you the game at all. So that was very interesting to me. Now, I do want to add Jalen Suggs was very impressive in this game. He he was four or five from the field, wasn't forcing like it might have felt that he was against you know the Rockets on opening night. It's not that it felt like that. I mean that let's just call a spade a spade. He was forcing, but I didn't to be honest, like I said on the episode, I didn't mind it much. Um but he showed in this game just Great decision-making. Gets to the free throw line. Choose three free throws. There was something I noted while watching the game that his patience offensively was very apparent. There was this time last year, probably Jalen Suggs. He gets the ball uh, maybe on an outlet or a rebound. I can't remember. Gets the ball. He goes down the court. And in this game against Portland, he does a great job of keeping Matisse Thibel kind of on his back looking over his shoulder, making sure he's keeping Thibault on his back as he drives into the lane, about to get a paint touch. And then DeAndre Ayton comes over to help a little bit late, but still able to finish through contact, have an and one. I don't think that's a play that he makes last season or the year before. Just the patience that it took to not just go 110 miles an hour down the court. Instead, like I said, he's patient. He keeps Thibault on his hip, and he just gets to the rack and finishes through contact. That was super impressive to me and something that shouldn't be overlooked when it's coming to Jalen Suggs and really encapsulating his total 180 that it seems like he has done when it comes to on the offensive end. Um, so for me, that was awesome. Another note that I had was that Mo is electric. I he's awesome. We, you know, is it just in that first quarter he has that dunk that he it's just it, it is something that uh is I can't think of the word. I don't know why, but um, it affects everybody, right? Like everybody on the court feels it. You feel it through this. Contagious. Thank you. You feel it through the screen. He was awesome. So those are a couple of just my my main takeaways there um, in that Blazers game. 
Yeah, Jalen, I think uh, part of, you know, because we, we've had, he had a, a few finishes in this game sort of through contact, whether you got the whistle or not. Um, like the patience is evidence, evident, but I think him putting on the muscle, like some people saw him, you know, at media day and were like, or even before that, and we're like, whoa, like Jalen looks big. And some people were like, hey, he doesn't look big in a good way. Like he might have, you know, been eating a, a few many, uh, you know, uh, apple cider donuts or whatever in the, the off season here. But I do think the strength has really helped him. So he looked fantastic in this game. Back to talking about, you know, Markel, you know, being out for a big stretch. Like, like Cole was, was really good, you know, with that second unit, you know, in, in the second half. I know Gary Harris was a, a big part of that as well. But it, it's just, he was asked uh, Markel after practice today, like, how you feel? He said, I, I feel amazing. We see pictures of him. It looks like he's wearing some kind of splint on the left hand. We saw the Magic's like, you know, yoga session that they had. You could sort of see like his hand, something on the hand is wrapped. And then I didn't want to overreact to that because like, oh, maybe he's just holding something. But then we saw the pictures today of him at practice. And it does look like there's a splint or a wrap or something like that on his left hand. Now he's not on the injury report, which is great, but it just seems like really too coincidental. Mosley uh, talked to Jason Beatty, uh, I think sometime on Sunday, and you know, Jason uh, posted the article to OrlandoSentinel.com. If you're not subscribed and able to, to read that kind of stuff, definitely recommend doing that so you can read Jason's work because he has you know exclusive stuff like this where Mosley's like, no, like I, was, I just thought those guys were feeling it and sometimes you have to ride the hot hand. And to Mosley's credit, he will do that a few times a year. Like he'll just go with the hot yeah. hand and most of the time I agree because like sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it's like the first game or the second night of a back-to-back and you're just trying to steal a few minutes to get a guy a rest before you bring him back. Not playing Markel at all in the fourth quarter. If he is healthy and not playing Wendell for the majority, I, I, I said first half, fourth quarter, not playing Markel for the majority the entire fourth quarter, not playing Wendell for the majority of the fourth quarter, just bringing him in for the last minute and a half. To me, I get the hot hand thing, but you're on the road. It's so important that this team gets off to a good start. I know he put in Wendell the last couple of minutes of this game, you know, try to seal it, but it was so evident, you know, from like the five and a half minute mark on for like the next four minutes, it was pretty evident that this game was starting to get out of hand for the Magic. And I thought this was the case, like something in my brain told me like, hey, go back and look at the clutch stats for the Magic from last year. Luke, do you want to guess who were our best two guys in terms of clutch field goal percentage last year? Markel Fultz. And? Wendell Carter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To me, like I get going with the hot hand. To me, this was, you know, they say you got to risk it for the biscuit. This was pretty close to you not getting the biscuit at the end here, right? Like Jalen Suggs makes a huge play on Shade and Sharp or the Magic have a three-point lead with about 19 seconds left. And all of a sudden, this game is way closer. I mean, this game was way closer at the end than it should have been. Like the Magic were on their way to a blowout victory with about five minutes left in this game. Magic go up, whoever, you know, call a timeout, whatever. Bring back Markel, bring back Wendell. Win a few more possessions, and this game is completely over. This game, I don't want to be like an alarmist. I don't want to act like we're getting crazy. We already talked about you don't want to overreact. It's just two games. We don't want to overreact to this. But if we're just looking at this game itself, this game should not have been as close as it was. Portland did not have Anthony Simons. For the most part, the Magic outplayed their starters. But Malcolm Brogdon and Shaden Sharp especially just really took advantage of the matchups in this game, and we had no answer for those guys. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kate.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, th- this game was, I don't know, man. It, it was super frustrating. I, I think that we don't win this game last year. Uh, it, there was definitely growth, but it was very evident that we're not to the destination by any means or close, in my opinion. Because you did a great job. It's their it's their home opener in Portland. They they have all the t-shirts out on seats. The energy is high. Those who went to the Magic game against the Rockets, you felt energy. Portland had energy. They have a young, fun team. But no Anthony Simons in this one. We obviously know Damian Lillard's not there anymore. I I would have liked to see us really do what we did against Houston, where Houston closes the gap the magic extend it and then go even further than being, you know, how far out in front they were initially. I get it. I get the context of it, why it was a hard game. We love that we were able to get a road win, especially for a team that struggled on the road mightily last year. But I still would have loved to see them put their foot on their neck at the end of the game and not have to hold my breath. And I really do think that starts with Jamal Mosley in the lineup he plays. We saw it last year. What was it? That one game where he was riding the hot hand and kept a whole unit in for like 12 consecutive minutes or something crazy. 13, I think maybe. or No, actually, I think it was 15. I think it was 15 minutes, basically a little bit halfway, more than halfway through the third quarter. They played the remainder of the game because he was riding the hot hand. Energy is not unlimited. These guys are going to falter. Give yourself a better chance. At least put in Wendell sooner than a minute 30 mark or whatever it was. I get Markel with the hand, if that is the case. Maybe it wasn't. But I have a hard time believing it. But maybe I shouldn't because Wendell doesn't come in until the end of the game. So, And I know Wendell didn't have a great game. But when it comes down See, to it, you want a guy that's going to be consistent. Offensively, I would agree. Wendell did not have a great game. Uh, what was he? Two of seven from the floor, eight points, but had nine rebounds and was fantastic defensively. People like obviously like you don't have the blocks there. Like Wendell is not a, a shot blocker, but like his position and verticality and being able to defend without fouling in this game was awesome. Like I, I, I do think Wendell had a good game. It didn't show up necessarily in the in the you know the box score. But if you you watch the game, like Wendell was fantastic defensively. A couple of, of, of things that we haven't touched on that were big issues. Magic gave up 15 offensive rebounds to the Trailblazers in this game. You cannot get stops and then give teams second and third chances. Just it's it's not going to go well whatsoever. And then the Magic leave 11 points at the free throw line. They shoot 21 yeah. of 32 from the charity stripe. You make even you know, close to half of those, this is a double digit win. You know, like th- these are things that, that should not be happening. Like you, you go and look at the magic rebounding numbers right now. They look great because they just destroyed Houston on the glass. What, whatever it was like 56 to 32 or whatever it was. But this, you know, you're out rebounded 45 to 47 against the, the Portland trailblazers who really the only bigs that they're playing are, are Robert Williams and, and DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton had 15 rebounds um, in this game. You let Malcolm Brogdon grab seven as well. Um, almost all of their guys except uh, Tybal, uh, Jeremy Grant, and Skylar Mays, everybody else recorded an offensive rebound. Like that that cannot happen. Like credit to Dell, nine rebounds, Paolo with seven. Franz with five, Jalen even with five, uh, Mo with nine. But we look at like Joe Ingles with one, Gary Harris with one, J.I. in eight minutes. We'll talk about J.I., but with, with two rebounds, like team needs to do a better job of, of offensive rebounding. Like that was an issue all last year. And then you, you just got to make their free throws. Like, sure, we've talked about the, the issues with Paolo. You know, he was four of nine. 
but Cole with a really uncharacteristic three of six from the free throw line. Like mm-hmm. those guys get opportunities. You've got to knock them down. That's the difference between good teams and bad teams. Good teams make their free throws and you do that. And then this, like when we talk about that, you know, 13 point lead or whatever, midway through the third quarter, you make your free throws. That's probably a, an 18 point lead at that point. Portland pulls all their guys in the games over, but this was literally a game of giving them extra opportunities in, in this game, letting them come back, not getting the starters back in the game, not making your free throws, giving them second opportunities on the glass. I, I Again, I'm not sounding the alarms, right? This is just the second game of the year, but that's, that's, it's not anything. It, it might not even right. be something, mm-hmm. but is it not nothing? I don't, I don't know. So right now to, to add context, it, this is fine because everybody has played, you know, has about two games under their belt right now around the league. The Magic are are fourth right now in free throw attempts per game, Jonathan, at 29. And to be honest, the fifth team isn't really that close. Uh, marginally speaking, the Mavericks have 25 and a half where the Magic and the Magic have 29. And but the Magic are also bottom half in the league in percentage right now. Granted, higher volume, less makes math, right? Like statistically, that that makes sense to an extent. But you should not be in the bottom half of the league while also getting the free throw line. This team is just not shooting great from the free throw line and through these two games. Like you said, not really time to sound the alarm, but it is something to keep an eye on as we go through this week and you know the weeks to come. Do we keep the volume high? And we need to if we're going to be shooting this poorly from the free throw line. Like it is imperative to continue to shoot and attempt that many free throws given how they've been shooting them. You need as many as you can get, apparently. Nine of 28 from the three point line, good for 32%. Don't love that either. Like guys just need to make open shots. Like, you know, Gary's got to knock down, you know, his looks when he's open, not freaking out. Just first couple of games of the year, just you know, making some uh, observations here and sort of what what went wrong in this game. Uh, but you know, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, taking advantage of of the second unit, especially in the first half, and then Shaden Sharp. I know his numbers don't jump out at you, you know, nine of twenty three from the floor, but that second half, like that kid, really got cooking, and uh, and it caused a problem. And then we we struggled with DeAndre Ayton the entire night. He finishes fourteen points, fifteen rebounds seven of nine from the floor and seemed to like disrupt Wendell a little bit. Like there were a couple of balls that Wendell caught pretty low, like right underneath the basket. And instead of just going up and trying to finish through contact was like trying to pump fake DeAndre Ayton. So offensively, I thought it was really like an uncharacteristic game from Wendell. But like I said, on the other end of the floor, he was really good. Um, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me in this game was that closing lineup. Like, I understand sometimes you have to go with the hot hand, but the the closing lineup of like you know, Cole, Jalen, like they didn't get to really play together at the end of the first game because it was a blowout. So you don't get those closing minutes together. And then this is the second game in a row where you didn't really get those closing minutes together. So I would like to see that change, like hot hand or or not. Right now, we need to get the the chemistry of the closing, whatever the closing group is actually going to be. We need to to figure that out, whether it's Cole or Markel. Right now, like through the what what was the other game where it was uh, where Cole was really um, in the in the game to to close it out. I I don't remember right now. It was it was Cole instead of Jalen. I don't think it was Houston because that wasn't even close down the stretch. Right. Maybe it was one of the final preseason games where. Jalen started, but Cole was with the the, mm-hmm. the unit that closed out the game. I don't know. The other thing that we haven't talked about just yet is Jonathan Isaac. You know, what was that? Seven minutes, 47 seconds in the first half. Didn't play in the second half whatsoever. Now, this is something that we saw in the uh, preseason where he would play in the first half. Wouldn't play at all in the second half. Like Really shortened up that rotation in the second half, especially when you think, no Markel for the fourth, mostly no you know Wendell in the fourth, and they say that Jonathan Isaac's okay. Obviously, they're going to continue to monitor his minutes or whatever the case. 
I just don't love this idea of let's play all of his minutes in one stint in the first half, and then he doesn't play at all in the second half. They didn't look great that second unit in the first half, and I think it's so important that those guys get minutes together. Like defensively, ultimately, I think they're going to be fine. I think in this game, like Brogdon just took advantage of his you know uh, matchup with Cole Anthony, like he was just shooting over the top of Cole. Sometimes that is going to happen. Defensively, that unit was not great, but they need time to gel and to figure things out offensively. Because right now, that's really where it's it's pretty rough on that end for for this team. Even the first game didn't look great offensively. They had some good stretches, the Jonathan Isaac stretch in particular. I I don't know I don't know what the best answer is. Like just play him four minutes in the first half, four minutes in the second half, whatever his minutes restriction is at right now. I just hate this. Like we're going to play him all in in one stint in the first half, and then not at all in the second half. I I don't. I'm not really on board with splitting minutes because at least he's helped doing his conditioning by playing eight consecutive, as opposed to just going four quick four and a quick four in the second half. And I I don't know what it is. Obviously, none of us do. But in his media availability today after practice uh, Sunday. He said something, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially what he said was, my body's still getting used to the game. And I don't know if that's anything, but that's me overanalyzing because we just had a guy play both halves in the opener for, what, 13 or 14 minutes. And then the second game, not a back-to-back. He just plays the first half. So was he just super gassed after that first game that they were like, he he maybe not ready to play both halves. I don't know. I, I don't know how this ends this year, but it will be interesting to see number one, how many minutes does he play in the Laker game? And also coming off, does he even touch the court in that back to back against the Clippers? I don't know. I have no idea what this team is thinking at that point. I would love to be inside their head there, but I I have no idea how they're going to play it. That's what I'm looking for this week when it comes to JI. Yeah, they they might just be you know approaching it differently. You know, obviously we've talked a ton about Arnie Kander last year. You know, he was playing you know ten minutes to start or whatever would play five in the first half, play you know five in the second half. You you might be absolutely right. You know, had the big game first game, second game he just didn't really have it, so they didn't want to put him back out there. I would be really surprised if he plays in the back-to-back, like the second game of the back-to-back. Which, you know, right now, it just it is what it is. But, you know, I I do think that that second unit just needs more time together, you know, needs more time to to gel. And, uh, you know, got new guys like J.I., for the most part, has not played with Gary Harris or Cole or Mo. None of these guys have played with Joe Ingles, you know. So it's going to take time. Um, I think this team... That second unit is probably closer to what we saw the first game, you know, against the Rockets. Like somewhere in the middle, they're probably not as good as what we saw against the Rockets. But um, I don't expect them to struggle, like especially against a team in Portland that just really doesn't have a lot of depth. You know, like uh, Tumani uh, Kamara and, and Jabari Walker and Skylar Mays, you know, playing minutes with that second unit. Like we should be killing that second unit. So. I, I don't mean this to be like a, a damper on a win, you know, but I, I do think everybody has raised expectations this year, like ourselves included. And not that we, we're like, oh, we're keeping the guys like accountable. But like, if we want to be the team that we all talked about all offseason, like this is the, like the standard that we should be holding this team to. And I, I know it's the standard that they're holding themselves to. I'm sure they're glad getting the win in Portland. But by no means do I think that they're ecstatic about the way that they played on, on Friday night. Yeah. So what I am looking forward to um, is us you know, playing against the Lakers. You know, coming up on, on Monday as you all are listening to this, everybody gets hyped up to play in LA, play against the Lakers, and do we see the the new magic, or do we see you know shades of the old magic sort of shining through at, at, at certain points during this game. That's what uh, I'm going to be looking forward to, Luke. But before we take a look at the week ahead, uh, do you have anything else from this game that you want to touch on? Yeah, I was just going to kind of piggyback off of what you were just saying. But the good news is 
you beat the teams that you should beat, which is different than last year. This team didn't always beat the teams that they could beat or that they should beat. And to take it a step further, this team, you know, last season, this team would lose to teams that they, you know, should beat, but they would also win against teams that they maybe had no business beating because they rose to the occasion. Are they going to not, you know, not get complacent with these two wins? You have to win this game against LA, uh, against the Lakers on Monday for the sole sake of it being a back-to-back against the Clippers, a scheduled loss, as people say. You, you've got to come in and take, take care of business against the Lakers. They're coming off a of back-to-back. Will we see rest? Will we see AD or LeBron rest? If so, you even more. there needs to be even more heightened urgency to win that game and to take care of business if one of those stars are out. But regardless, you have to come into this game high alert, take care of business, and whatever happens on Tuesday happens. But you need like this team just really needs to hone in on winning this game on Monday, not being complacent about being two and zero. I don't think they will, and just be hungry because I I think that that's I think they all they're young guys, and I often think like where would my head be at? My head at this point would be especially if I'm one of the young guys that's on social media or whatever. The Magic are still being discounted for being 2-0. Oh, congratulations, right? That's all you see on graphics with the NBA posts or anybody, national media, big influencers give the Magic any type of attention right now for being 2-0. It's congratulations, you beat the two worst teams in the West. You beat the Blazers and you beat the Rockets. And I'm hoping that the Magic roster is seeing those things because I hope that that's serving as a motivator. Because it's it's easy to be two and zero in this circumstance. If you're as great, if you want to be as great as this team wants to be, and as great as we want them to be, but you really have to bring it against the Lakers on Monday night to kind of change the flip the script on people and how they view us. I definitely uh, think that had they blown out Portland, like if it was two you know, twenty five plus wins, you know, first two games of the year, you blow out Houston, you blow out Portland there's a, a chance for like, Oh, like, you know, starting to get, you think too much of yourself. But I, I do think because it was a, a little bit of a scare at the end of that Portland game, they're probably still locked in. And definitely the game against the Lakers on Monday is going to be your best chance. First game of a you know, second night or two game back to back series. First game is always your best bet to get a win. But if they lose to the Lakers, like you, you have to split this. Like that's, that's the mindset that I have. Like you have to, split this LA series like you have to come away with that from when and don't forget guys a Monday at LA is a nationally televised game <laughs> psych it is on NBA TV which again for the millionth time does not count which is super annoying but um, the game is going to be on NBA TV for you know, whatever that means but let's go ahead and take a look Luke uh, at the week ahead as we do uh, each week here each Monday episode uh, we take a look at the games for the magic that are coming up in the week and then we go ahead and give our predictions. But I want to go through. I got a, a couple of little nuggets here. So we play um, in Los Angeles on Monday against the Lakers. That is going to be 1030 Eastern time. Uh, but the uh, Lakers are just about to tip off against the Sacramento Kings as we are recording this. So that's going to be the second night of a back-to-back for the Magic. So I, I do think we're going to have a good chance because obviously Sacramento Kings playoff team from last year, a really, really good team. They're probably so focused on the Kings, not too worried about the little Orlando Magic that are coming for them, even though the Magic have played well in their building over the course of the last couple of years here. So you've got the Lakers on Monday, and you've got the Clippers on Tuesday. Uh, now the, the Clippers do play tonight at home versus the San Antonio Spurs, uh, but then they're going to be off Monday, so they'll have some some rest before they play the Magic, so they'll have a rest advantage there. Then on Thursday. You play the Utah Jazz. It's going to be the second night of a back-to-back for the Utah Jazz. The night before, they have the Grizzlies at home. So we have a little bit of a rest advantage there. But then we come home. We have your off Friday, but you're not really off because you're traveling from Utah back to Orlando. Then on Saturday, uh, we play the Lakers again. So you play the Lakers twice in, what is that, six days there. The Lakers play the Clippers on Wednesday. They'll probably travel on Thursday, stay in Orlando on Friday, 
and then play the Magic on Saturday. So they're going to have two days rest when we play them at home on Saturday. It's going to be our first game back of a long road trip when you don't really have the day off. So eh, I, I don't really love that. Luke, given all of that circumstance, what do, what do you think happens this week? First thing I want to note is that the Magic played the Lakers last March near the end of the season in L.A. Jonathan, the Lakers were without LeBron in that game. The Magic were essentially fully healthy. Lakers were favored by six and a half points in L.A. without LeBron. Monday night, the Lakers open as three and a half point favorites against the Magic. A little, little respect from Vegas. A little respect from Vegas. And that's, listen, I, let's be honest. I, I trust Vegas with game-to-game lines more than any national media and what they say about who's going to win a game. I trust the lines more than anything. Our listeners know that. I'm a, I'm a big guy on spreads and all that kind of stuff. Lakers favored by three and a half. I appreciate the respect. That being said, I think, I think the Magic win this game against the Lakers. I think they lose against the Clippers. Um, and then, like you said, they play the Jazz coming off a of back-to-back. Like our chances, to be honest with you, I think you split this week. I think you'd go two and two. It's nothing. It's not a sexy take on my on my end, but I'm just playing the numbers. Magic can look ahead and see, hey, we've got a back to back against the Clippers. Got to win this Laker game. The Jazz coming off the back to back. Isn't it the Grizzlies? Is that who they play? Yep. They might honestly. It might not end up mattering. They might be up on the Grizzlies by thirty at halftime and just rest their starters from preparation for the game against us, but I'm going to just play the odds here. Magic, 2-2, two and two, you lose that Laker game at the end. You, I hope that you at least split with the Lakers this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they have a good chance to win on Monday. If it wasn't the second night of a back-to-back, I, I would probably think that the Magic can, can beat the Clippers depending on you know what's going on with their, their stars over there. Um, I, I really like, I like the magic going up against anybody this year. I really do. Uh, but then Thursday at Utah, it's their second game of a back-to-back. You've got to find a way to win that game. And then, yeah, you probably lose to the Lakers just given like the rest, you know, advantage that the Lakers will have the fact that I picked them to beat the Lakers earlier in the week, especially if the Lakers lose at home, they're going to be looking to get that one back. And the magic are not going to go 82 and 0, right? Like you, mm. we're going to get some losses here. But Luke, if the Magic go two and two, after the first six games of the year, all against Western Conference opponents, you're four and two. When we saw this schedule come out, you know, in the middle of August, we all would have taken four and two to start the year, just looking at the way that the schedule broke. And then after this week, Magic will still have three games in a row at home on Monday the sixth versus Dallas. Thursday the 9th versus Atlanta. Well, that actually, that's not a home game. I, for, I forget that's in Mexico City. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But then you're back home Saturday, November 11th versus the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, you know, right now, after six games, us sitting at four and two would be fantastic. I think you have to come back four and two. Like three and three will be like, okay, like we're 500. We're already almost to our win total that we were at after 25 games last season. So things are already looking up. But again, if this team is going to be the team that we've talked about all off season, that they've talked about being all off season and that we all expect them to be now, you've got to, you've got to split these road games this week. There's just, so you're I don't going care. two and two. I'm going, I'm, I'm going two and two and, and not just the road games. You, you have to split these games this week. Somehow we end up going three and one this week. Y'all tune in the next Monday. Pants are off. Pants are everything's off. Everything's off. And, and the, <laughs> Except Rock'em underwear. I'll be wearing Rock'em underwear. Rock'em underwear else. and Rock'em socks. That's all we'll be wearing if we go. Maybe just go a Rock'em sock if you know what I'm saying. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Hey, what did you predict last week? I don't did remember. Did you say 2-0 like me? I think I said 2-0 because I really expected us to be Portland. Yeah. I think we probably were tied last week with our predictions both saying 2-0. We got to get different, but it's so hard because I think where we differed was our preseason picks. Yeah. I think you said we were going to go 4 and 0 in the preseason. Yeah, and we went 3 and 1. But you said 2 I don't and remember two. what I said. I probably I think said, you said 2, two and, and 2. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, thought we were going to lose to Cleveland and split one with uh, the Pelicans. But once, once we have a larger sample size, you and I will probably start to differ on things. But as of yeah. now, oh, for sure. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Luke, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for this one. What do you uh, what do you say? Anything else? Anything we missed? No, just gearing up for, you know, some late nights ahead this week Four big ones this week. Got to, you know, the earliest tip is at seven o'clock against the Lakers. Right. So because you're back at home. You got what a, a ten thirty, a ten thirty, and a niner, and then yeah. a seven p.m. So, uh, well, God we'll, bless the schedule makers. They didn't give us like a Wednesday or a Sunday ten o'clock recording game, night you know, game. In the first week of the season that would have absolutely yeah. sucked. Bless them. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, folks. Y'all have a happy Halloweeny. Don't do anything crazy on mischief night. And uh, yeah, um, if you're going as an Orlando Magic player. God bless, and hopefully everybody shows you the respect that you deserve. But we're going to wrap this one up. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.